I, I went to practice all the time. I would watch everyone who was better than me because I thought, okay, what are they doing that I'm not doing? So as I would say now, I've got this thing called the it box. And the first thing in the box was a nail. How bad does it have to hurt to be willing to change? So I was, I was hurting, you know, wanting to change. Second thing in the box is a mirror. So I was willing to look in the mirror and say, okay, why do they shoot below 80 and I don't? What am I not doing? So I was very honest and truthful with myself because I wanted what they had. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, today's show, we actually have a LPGA golf pro who is also now on the Seniors Tour and also now doing keynote speaking for Fortune 500 companies around her new model around the it box. Now, you'll have to listen to the episode to figure out what is the it box anyways. And our guest is Cindy Miller. Now, Cindy's story was, it wasn't easy. There's, she went through a lot of sort of tragedy and stress to get to where she's at today, which is part of the point of the show is she is still really amazed at how few people are willing to actually do the work to get where they are, the practice, the diligence around learning new things. And, you know, that's what CRG is about and what we talk about in the show is the number one person that you are responsible for is yourself and the only one who can know their why, their purpose, their be clear is yourself. You know, nobody else can do it for you. Yes, coaches and different methodologies can contribute to it, but you still have to take the initiative. I mean, that's one of the reasons why CRG exists is to help others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And our tools and resources contribute to that. Now, we have 10 assessments that leave into 12 reports. All of those assessments contribute to clarity in your life. And of course, our number one assessment is the personal style indicator. Uh, it is rated the number one assessment when anybody takes it in terms of personality compared to any other tool that they have taken. And we have a brand new online e-course in addition to the assessment on my book, Why Aren't You More Like Me? So my encouragement is, is that even if you've taken other assessments, the reason that the personal style indicator is number one is that it's designed differently. It, it appears the same to people from the outside looking in, but it's not. And so my encouragement is, is that you're worth it and that that level of clarity will contribute to making all your decisions around career, relationships. Everybody talks about emotional intelligence, mindfulness, self-awareness. All of those contribute from the personal style indicator. So enjoy the show with Cindy. Here she is. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, I always like to have individuals who have reflected their performance you want to call it in the field on the field and today our guest has no exception to this as somebody who has been on the u.s women's open sort of tour and championship <clears throat> but we'll get into her details of that welcome to the show cindy miller well thank you it's great well, to cindy, be here well it's uh glad that you made the time to join us and cindy of course it's this is the first time that I've actually had a golfer on the show, so we'll get into your journey and some of those things 
along the way, but give us a little bit about your background, Cindy, as far as where you grew up and some of the things that uh, led you to going into golf as a profession. Well, I'm from a small town about 30 miles south of Buffalo, New York, named Silver Creek, and my mom and dad played golf, and they would drag me to the country club every weekend where the pool was my babysitter while they played golf. How old were you then, Cindy? Uh, from, you know, 7 to <laughs> 17. Wow. Well, and Maybe how even younger you, than that. How excited were you to go to the pool at that time? Very excited. Very excited. But not on the golf course. No, I thought golf was stupid. Oh, and so and sometimes go. I still think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and you've written a couple of books on it, so we'll come to those in a minute. So, yeah. so here you are, you're being uh, babysat by a pool. When did the transition happen? Well, I got fat in eighth grade. And the cute boys that were also being babysat by the pool started to call me Ten Ton Tessie. Wow. And I well, bullies back in grade eight. Right, and I quickly found an aversion to swimming, and the only other option was to go hit a golf ball because I was trapped like a rat with no cheese, as I say, and um, I started playing golf, and my dad got me lessons with the head pro, and he said to dad, you know, this girl of yours is going to be pretty good at this. And uh, being the competitive control freak maniac that I am, I fell in love with trying to get better. Even at 10 and 12 years of age? Well, this was more like 13. Okay. I didn't really love it. I was, I was dragged out there to do a little bit of golf, but I would always go back to the pool. So it wasn't until I was in eighth grade that I, I decided I kind of liked it. And mm. my mom and her friends took me to an LPGA tour event when I was 17 years old up the road in Buffalo and I saw a girl by the name of Laura Baugh who was a year older than me. She was only 18 at the time and she was playing on the LPGA Tour and I was absolutely awestruck. I saw this big huge golf bag she had with her name on it, these beautiful new shoes, her outfit that matched perfectly and then when she hit the golf ball the sound that it made, holy cow, the crack I was just like, oh, I got to do this. This is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to beat her doing it. So, so that was saying, my dream. So are you saying, Cindy, a golf bag with your name on it was the main motivation? <laughs> I am saying that. I'm just messing with you, of course. But it was the whole deal. It was just like, oh, this is what I want. I want to do this. Now, I got to tell you that on a side note, my mom and dad were both alcoholics. And life at my house wasn't a whole lot of fun. My dad was an entrepreneur. I, I'd say that he was unemployable. And his the golf was his escape. And they would play golf all day and sit at the bar and drink all night and then go home and fight. So kind of I wanted to escape. I was the youngest of three kids. My brother is 11 years older than me. My sister was four mm. years older than me. So and almost so, a single child syndrome. Yes, and and so, needless to say, they took off as soon as they were able, and I was, you know, sitting there trying to help mom not get killed by dad, and 
when I made my escape plan, you know, I want I didn't know whether I was running towards something or running away from something else. Mm. And when you think about it now, what do you think it was? You know, I think, you know, I do a lot of stuff with motivation and behavior, as do you, and I believe as I reflect on my life, I know what I don't want, mm. and then a little tiny light in there was like, well, what if you could do this? What if that was possible? Wouldn't that be amazing? So it was... I think both things, you know, get me out of here. I don't want this. And holy cow, if I could have that, that would be amazing. Mm, awesome. And thank you for sharing that, Cindy. And I mean, listeners want to know our journey about, you know, what did we go through? It's, it's not been a walk in the park and easy peasy for people to kind of get where they're going. So certainly appreciate you sharing that. What would you say was the character trait or traits that assisted you to kind of get out of there that the uh, listeners would benefit from thinking about? You know, I, I don't know why I'm so competitive and driven. I don't know why I never, ever, ever give up. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, I, 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 so I have to tell you, I told my dad I was going to play on the LPGA Tour. And I was going to graduate from high school a year early because I didn't like high school because we had moved away from the little town that I grew up in where I was the big fish in the small pond and now I was the little fish in the big pond. And I had already applied to Fredonia State University and I was going to go major in psychology and fix my family and myself. And, and I, this was like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to go play golf. And my father said, well, where are you going to play? is there colleges that have women's golf teams? I mean, I'm kind of old, so there was no internet at this time. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. So it's almost like, don't tell me what I can't do because I'm going to go after it more. Mm -hmm. So I wrote physical letters to the Ben Hogan company because I played their golf clubs. I assumed they would care about me and golf digest magazine. And I said, Hey, my name is Cindy Miller. I'm or Cindy Kessler. I was at the time. I'm from Silver Creek, New York. I want to play on the LPGA Tour. I want to find out if there's any colleges in the United States that have women's golf teams because I need to get better. And they actually wrote back to me, mm. which is so odd. I mean, we're talking 1973. And they only mentioned, well, I, the only schools I remember them mentioning was Odessa Junior College in Texas and the University of Miami in Coral Gables, Florida. So... I thought, well, I'm not going to go to a junior college for two years that far away. So I wrote to the University of Miami, and they wrote back, and they said, um, that's nice, but you're not good enough. The worst girl on our team has a four handicap, and yours is 14. So I wrote back again, and I said, well, can I come and try? And they said, well, yeah, you're welcome to come and try, but you'll probably never play. So... I told my dad, I went to Fredonia for one semester. I said, I hate this. I don't like psychology. It's stupid. He said, well, you're not going to just quit school and not work. So I had to work. I got a job, and I got on a plane the next August with a family friend. I had never even visited the University of Miami, and um, this family friend was a captain for Eastern Airlines, and they lived in Coral Gables, Florida, and he says, well, we can drop her off. So they took me and my suitcases and my golf clubs and dumped me off at my dorm. And my father said, you've got one year to earn a scholarship or you have to come home because I can't afford this place. So I sat on the bed and I cried. 
And then I went and practiced. And I ended up graduating the number one player on the team. We won back-to-back -back national championships, and I was voted team captain and All-American my senior year. Wow. Now, in between that statement, Cindy, are four years. <laughs> so you went from crying <laughs> on your bed to being the team captain. But the story is in between there. So, so what happened in those first couple of years to get better? What were you doing? I, I went to practice all the time. I would watch everyone who was better than me because I thought, okay, what are they doing that I'm not doing? So as I would say now, I've got this thing called the it box, and the first thing in the box is a nail. How bad does it have to hurt to be willing to change? So I was, I was hurting, you know, wanting to change. Second thing in the box is a mirror. So I was willing to look in the mirror and say, okay, why do they shoot below 80 and I don't? What am I not doing? So I was very honest and truthful with myself because I wanted what they had. And I would take lessons from this guy, Eddie Bush, at Doral Country Club. And then I would go to the driving range where uh, Bob Toskey was teaching. And Bob Toskey had all these fancy rich people flying down from New York City taking golf lessons from him. And all these players were getting better. And I remember him admiring one of the girls on our team. And he would, you know talk about her and edify her in front of all these people. He was, oh, my gosh, Carolyn Hill is so good. And, you know, here I am, Cinderella, sitting over on the sidelines, and I suck. So I went up to him, and this was my junior year, and I said, look, the national championship's in Hawaii this year, and I'm fighting between the fifth and sixth spot on the team, and I really, 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 really want to go. And I can't afford to pay you for golf lessons, but I will do whatever you ask me to do at this driving range. I will pick up balls. I will sweep. I will do whatever you want me to do. Will you help me? He said, absolutely. So, mm. I mean, you've got to be willing to humble yourself and be honest and, and see what you don't have. And, and it was like there was no way out. I had to do this. You know, Cindy, when you think about life and one of my responsibilities as host is, you know, just bring the links for the listeners. I mean, one of the things you did, first of all, you took courage to ask, then humble yourself, but also just the desire to be mentored by somebody who is better. And you became a student of the game. I don't know what it is about populations these days or individuals today. They just want to just go there without all the work and the effort. So how long did it take you really to start moving where did you make it to Hawaii, by the way? You know what I did, and, and it's so funny because my dad had an aneurysm that November, and he had surgery, and he got really sick. And I came home from school, and my dad was in the hospital in a coma. And I went into the room, and he was, you know, what I think wasn't awake. And I said, Daddy, I made it to Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii. And, I, of course, I'm going to tell you, I feel like he squeezed my hand. And he died that night. Mm. Wow. And so it was like I, I handed him the trophy. You know, I just I had to prove that I was good enough, that I belonged. And um, I didn't play very well in Hawaii. I did count one of the rounds. And we did win nationals, but I wasn't that good. And then that next year, my senior year, I really put the pedal to the metal. It was almost like I needed a little bit of a cookie to say, here, keep going. If you're not dead yet. You can keep doing. 
And I was like, okay, get the heck out of my way. I'm rolling. When, now, um, you know, when you work with other individuals, do you find that some people quit too early? 99% of them do. And, and you know what? I have to tell you this, if we can be honest here. I happened to marry a guy who played on the PGA Tour. Um, I met him while I was at the University of Miami, and he was on the PGA Tour. And we are the only married couple in the world that have played on the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, the Champions Tour, and the PGA Champions. So the senior tours and the regular tours. There's no other couple in the world that have played on all four major tours. And we teach golf for a living, you know, and I, I do corporate training and stuff, you know, professional and personal development stuff. And we talk about it all the time because we've got about a 45-minute ride to work, and, and I call it the gas meter, the give a you-know-what. And people just don't have the wherewithal. And, and of all the people we've taught in 30 years since playing on the tours, the best player we've ever taught is our own son. And I don't know whether that's because he's seen the struggle and he watched, you know, how hard you had to work. I, I don't know. Or it's belief, lack of belief, commitment, being humble. I don't, I don't know what it is. But I, I got to tell you, I had a little girl yesterday. She's a senior in high school, and she wants to play college golf. And she said, hey, the coach from this school wants to talk to me on the phone. Do you need to be on the phone with us? And I said, uh, no, but when's the last time you hit balls, which means practice? Oh, it's been a while. I said, I think you and I need to talk before you talk to him. I said, because he texted me asking me about you. And he wants people who can break 80 on his golf team. So before you talk to him, we need to talk. And I'm just going to say to you, you don't have the work ethic. You got the want, but not the work. So what was the outcome of that conversation with that senior? Was she, she willing texted to me, step she's up? Gonna call me, well, she's going to call me tonight. We didn't talk on the phone. We're gonna, I said, you tell him that you can talk to him after, after Monday night. Mm. And, and so, but here, side note, again, you know, I have to give her a little bit of grace. Um, her mom has had cancer, and her mom's got a rebound with cancer. Mm. So, so distracted with some personal items, just, for sure. Yeah, distracted, definitely. But I, I, but I got to tell you, before that happened, the work wasn't there. I don't think they understand what it takes. And, and I'm going to say something else that you know, might not be good. I feel as though in my childhood I was neglected a lot because my parents went and did whatever they wanted to do. And I was left alone a lot. And thank God I never really got in trouble. When my kids were little, my husband was an alcoholic as well, and he, um, we went from having dinner at Bob Hope's house to teaching golf at a public driving range in Buffalo, New York, and that weird on him, and he would start to drink while he was teaching and hide it in the corner, and, and I finally just said, you got to go, you got to stop, you know, and he didn't want to stop, so he left, and he tried to commit suicide, and I mean, my kids were went through an awful lot, but they knew we loved them, and, and my son said, the fact that you left us alone so much, he said, I was the only kid that went to college and knew how to do the laundry, and, you know, I, I was self-sufficient, and I think some of that has to happen. I think some of the parents nowadays, 
They do everything for their kids. So they don't learn what it takes to be mm -hmm. resilient or what it well, might feel these, like to uh, lose. Well, some of these uh, parents now who have paid test takers to, you know, take the test to get SATs and get into right. college and, and uh, because for some reason, something behind there, I need to be a helicopter pa uh, parent. So what you're saying is, I mean, if the, if an individual has been coddled or protected, they've never developed their own skills to go forward. Right. So when you speak, Cindy, so thank you for that story. When you speak to your Fortune 500 clients and you're teaching them about success in life, let's transition to that. What are some of the things that you are teaching individuals so that they can transfer, you know, this metaphor for golf or metaphor for sports into being successful in life. And by the way, individuals that are listening, listeners, uh, Cindy has a special gift for you, and we will reveal what that is closer to the end of the show. So, Cindy, with that, what are some of the principles that you are now teaching to individuals so that they can realize some success in life? I think they have to stop and ask themselves what is their perception so in all my years of playing and teaching the game of golf i've never met anyone who's tried to miss it on purpose the ball their life you know no one is in fifth grade and says you know i i want to be a murderer and rot in jail you know nobody wants to do that so they have to stop and say well why am i where i'm at and what I have learned is that your beliefs in life come from experiences. And those experiences give us attitudes. And when we develop those attitudes, we then follow through with actions. So let's pretend that there's a mom walking her baby in a stroller down the sidewalk. And the cute little two and a half, three-year-old is sitting in the buggy and this pit bull gets away from its owner and starts running towards the baby's toes, right, like it's going to bite the baby's toes. What's that baby think about dogs? Dogs are terrible. They're going to eat me. I can't be around dogs. I'm petrified of dogs. So that's their belief from their experience. So they will probably never buy a dog because they don't like dogs because they're afraid of them. So now let's say that there's another mom walking another baby down the street, and here comes this multi-poo puppy who got away from its owner going, arr, 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 coming over to lick the baby's toes. Now that baby thinks dogs are cute. This looks like a live version of the thing that's in my crib, right? Mm -hmm. So both of those experiences are real. They had those experiences. So the beliefs that they come up with and the attitudes and actions are truth to them, but are they really the truth? So sometimes our perceptions are wrong because our beliefs are wrong from an experience we had. So you have to be willing to challenge your beliefs and understand your experiences. When I went through um, to get certified in this behavior stuff, I went to see this guy this company in Phoenix. And I said, you know, oh my gosh, I really want to win a Legends Tour event. You know, I, I have to prove to myself the dream I had when I was 17 years old wasn't a nightmare just to play the tour and, you know, that it was just a waste of time for my whole life. 
And he says, well, I'm doing some research on the brain. And I said, oh, cool. And he goes, do you want to be a guinea pig? I said, absolutely, right? Again, courage, humble, desire to be mentored, become a student, make a fool of yourself even if you need to. And he said, all right, after lunch, come back to the back just, room. Just a note, Cindy, what you're saying, it's never done. It doesn't matter what age I am, what accomplishments I've achieved, it's never done. It's never done. It's never done. It's never done. Thank you. Can I? I'm writing that down. I'm stealing it. <laughs> Is it yours? Because it's mine now. Um, well, you, you can quote me. You can quote me, Cindy. That's fine. Okay. okay. So continue. So, so, so he's doing some research on the brain. Yeah. So he hooks my brain up to all these things, right? And he says, okay, we're going to have words flash on the screen, and you're not going to know it, but we're taking pictures of your brain while the words are flashing on the screen. So he says to me, you know, call your husband and ask him, because my husband's been caddying for me on the Legends Tour, which is the old lady tour, which is my mulligan, which is my mm -hmm. redemption, right? Because mm. I did plan the tour for three years, but of the best in the world, I was one of the worst. Same old story. You're not good enough, right? Mm. And then when the Legends Tour came around, I was like, oh, I want to play. Well, you're not good enough. Well, what do I have to do to qualify? So it was like another a mulligan for Cindy, which means it's never done. So I asked Alan, you know, okay, money, trophies, protect, uh, pursue, all these words that I knew would get a little ring with Cindy, right? So the next day he comes back into the room where I'm in the training for this trimetric stuff, the Hartman Values Profile, and he says, um, here's a picture of your brain. And he says, you don't believe you deserve to win. I said, why? He said, I don't know. He said, but that's the picture of your brain. I go, well, that's not good. Can we change this? And he said, absolutely. All right, how are we going to do that? Well, you have to do these exercises, left brain, right brain, brain gyms, all these things. I said, okay, I'm in. You know, so now I go hell-bent for election doing these brain gyms. And this was in October. And I went back in December. And what was all red turned mostly green. Hmm. So what I teach people is you don't understand what your subconscious mind is soaking up. And sometimes... You know, you have to want to get better. You have to want something. And if you do, you can definitely improve. But you have to be willing to put in the work. Well, let's just back up for a second for the listener's sake. Is there a way to discover what those belief systems are without a brain scan? I think if you, if you stopped and said, you know, what have I always done or not done? Is there a reoccurring theme, right, in your life? Are you open to possibilities? Do you try new things? Do you listen to the committee of they? So in the game of golf, the committee of they, you know, I don't know, if do you play golf, Ken? Uh, very little. Okay. <laughs> but I well, do play. I, In fact, okay. I played about a month ago and okay, had some fun so, with it for a while. Was never, I never had, uh, not that I don't play golf, I never had five hours to play like your parents. So exactly. uh, my background exactly. is as an entrepreneur, I was just mostly working. And I did play in my younger sales career because I took my clients out. So uh, the game is enjoyable when you're better at it. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's, that's my belief system. So you continue from there. But I do know so, the game, yes. 
So the funny thing is, is that in, in the game of golf, there I call these people the committee members. You can go hit balls at a driving range. And if I went to a driving range that was nowhere near Buffalo and I had a raggedy old bag and I didn't have the beautiful bag with my name on it, right, no one would know who I am. And if I, if I tried to miss the ball on purpose, someone would come over to me and say, you know what, sweetie, can I help you? You've got to keep your arms straight. You're bending your left arm. So the committee is very good at telling you everything you do wrong. So I believe you need to become bulletproof. You know, you have to be open and honest, but you have to become bulletproof to the committee. Because there are forces out there that don't want you to win. And there are crabs. There's a story of crabs in a pot. You know, you put a bunch of crabs in a pot of water. They'll never climb up because by the time the first one tries to get out and almost over the top of the thing, the other crabs at the bottom will grab the legs and drag them back into the pot, right? Mm. So they're never going to get out. So you have to be very aware of, am I my own crab? Am I listening to the committee? Am I open to the possibilities? Do I see the potential? Am I willing to make a plan? Am I passionate about what I really want to do? And then you have to go through the pits, which is putting in time. You know, are you, are you open to doing that? Sometimes it takes years. And like you said, it's never done. The other part of it is the pressure. People practice their whole lives in the game of golf to be coming down the last hole, tied for the lead, having to hit a shot on the last hole to win a tournament. So when you get to that place, are you afraid of it? Or are you accepting? Do you see that your perception of pressure, this is a privilege. It's not something to be feared. So I think all of those things go into, you know, what am I doing to sabotage myself? What, you know, what's my mm. mental, what am I saying to myself? So if we were to transition into proactive items, and I appreciate that, Cindy, because we believe that too, that our beliefs are underpinning our thoughts and our actions for sure, which lead to behaviors and results and outcomes. With that, what are some proactive things that the listeners can do so that they can see more success? So you were doing this left brain, right brain exercises and activities to purge yourself, to make this brain scan green. What, what can the listeners do to make sure that their brain scan is more green than the red? I think they need to be open to the voices in their head. I think they need to be, like, let's say someone wants to, uh, works at a bank and they're not happy with how much money they're making. So they can sit and whine and complain and moan and groan. Or they can say, you know, what can I do to get better and to advance my career and become a leader in this organization? Or what do I love? So I would say, you, number one, you have to take some assessments. If you don't know what you want and who you are, you have to take some assessments to find out, you know, what's my learning style? What am I really good at? Am I, you know, I, I use the DISC assessment. Is your assessment a DISC assessment? Ours is a alternative to DISC. And okay. so we designed ours because we wanted something uh, different and deeper. So the personal style indicator is our tool, but it's, it goes down a similar track, but ours is different. So, but I hear what you're saying is that we do believe that personal style is a very important thing to understand and to know. Yes, and then, you know, your learning style along with it. What motivates you to action? So again, 
uh, here's the example. Alan, my husband, said, I don't want to play on the tour anymore. I want to teach golf. And I'm like, oh. And at this time in my career, I was, I don't want to teach golf. I don't like golf. I'm mad at golf. You know, of course, it, golf was the fault. it was golf's fault. It wasn't Cindy's fault. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to be able to teach you how to do this better. So he's a high SC personality, and he's very analytical and detail-oriented. Well, he taught me how to teach golf. And, and when I understood what he was saying to me, I was like, holy cow, where were you when I was 15? You know, I would have been way better. This is amazing. So he said, let's go teach golf. So we ended up moving to Buffalo from Florida. Now I'm from Buffalo, so we came back to Buffalo, but we lived in Florida at the time. So as I said, we went from having dinner at Bob Hope's house to teaching golf at a public driving range in Buffalo, New York, starting every year at zero. Now, some people would say, you did what? Why in God's green earth would you do that? Well, we had no other choice because we didn't have a job. We had degrees, but we didn't want to be golf pros at a country club. So why do I want to be self-employed and start every year at zero? Because I'm an entrepreneur, right? And I love the challenge of making sure that I keep my customers happy because if I don't, I don't make any money. So when you come to me, I'm going to make you better than you think you can be because I want you to tell all your friends so that they come to me as well. So again, it's like the motivation of I don't want a cushy job that I could sit there and twiddle my thumbs. I always need to be challenged. Now, not everyone is that way. So I think it's very important for your listeners to realize who am I, you know, who are they, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What motivates them to action before they can make a path or a plan for their personal success? But I, they also need to be very aware of that inner voice of the protector. You know, look out, be careful, watch out, where are you going? And, and understand whose voice is that? So my father was a go-getter and my mother was, oh, be careful, look out. Like, now you're making me afraid. I was ready to go for it. Now I'm sitting here with clenched butt cheeks, afraid to move forward. So you have to be aware that there's voices in your head that can harm you or hurt you. Absolutely. I think we, I had a similar uh, mother as well, <laughs> where she, <laughs> she thought that her job was to worry on behalf of everybody. I said, man, if, if you were to do what uh, you're suggesting, I would do nothing. Now, Cindy, if you can believe it, we only have about five minutes left. Now, before we get into sort of the last segment about um, your, your tidbits of wisdom for the listeners, how could people find out about you? So first of all, tell us about how they can contact you. What are your two books? And where can they get that gift from you? So the two books are Simple Solutions for Stray Shots and Golf 101 for Executives. People can contact me at Cindy at CindyMillerInc.com. Uh, reach out to me, email me. And my free gift, there's a couple of choices. If you go to CindyMillerInc.com forward slash Secrets of Success. That's a beautiful the, URL, I thought, anyways. Yes. Um, so the, you can sign up to get a free gift called The Privilege of Pressure and the Lifelong Pursuit of It. Mm, excellent. And we'll make sure that those are in the show notes for those of you that are driving. CindyMillerInc.com uh, and CindyMillerInc.com slash Secrets of Success for the gift. And then the two books are Golf 101 for Executives and 
simple solutions for stray shots. Now, with that, Sydney, you know, I want to just kind of wrap this together beyond what you've already shared. So first of all, at CRG, we agree 100% in your concept of if I don't know myself, if I haven't done the work on myself, and I had uh, Dr. Tasha Yurick on the show here, and she wrote the New York Times bestseller Insights, and it was that most people, uh, self-awareness is very, very low. Most of them believe that they know themselves, 85%, but only 10% agree with your own awareness or opinion of self. And that was research just done. So the majority of people are just out to lunch and not in a negative way. They just are not connected. They have not connected. So if you don't do the work, you can't know. Just like, you know, if I don't go to the driving range, am I going to the driving range of life and doing the work, doing the assessments, getting completed, getting a coach, whatever. That being said, Cindy, what would be some final thoughts of wisdom that you would have for the listeners today so that they can take some action and go forward in life in a more positive or possibility framework? Well, as you said, it's never done, and I have a thing called the it box. So if you choose to pursue your personal it, which I believe we all have one, which is why we were put on this earth, there are three things in the box that will help you figure out what it might be. The first thing in the box is a nail. And the nail signifies why. If you were sitting on a nail and it was hurting, would you get up and do something about it or would you sit there and whine, moan, and complain? So the first thing in the box is why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Am I, you know, so I wanted to go play on the LPGA tour, but I also was running away from something. So what's your why? What motivates you to action? The second thing in the box is a mirror, which is what? And part of the what is who am I? So you have to be willing to look in the mirror. Who am I? And like you said, self-awareness. Most people are absolutely in denial or clueless and don't know themselves or think they do, but it's not really the truth. It's denial. And the third thing in the box is a seed. So once you know why, you know what, you have to know how to move forward. So you've got to do something about it. You've got to plant a seed. You've got to water it. You've got to put it in the light. You've got to nurture it. Sometimes seeds take a really long time to grow. But the power of nurturing a seed is unbelievable. And this box came to me like 20 years ago. And it's only in the last five or six years ago that I'm doing the It Box keynote speeches because it's such a big deal right now. But it took that Mm. much longer for my seed to grow and to bloom and blossom. So I would say you all have a personal it, and I challenge you to pick it up. And you can find more about it if you go to cindymillerinc.com forward slash secrets of success. Well, thank you, uh, Cindy, on that. You know, we sure appreciate, uh, we are totally aligned around this whole thing around purpose, uh, your calling, your why, whatever word you want to use. And then we have a personal responsibility to not only sort of confirm what it is, but then take action on it. So thanks, Cindy, for hanging. This is Cindy Miller that's with us, by the way. Thanks, Cindy, for hanging out with us today. Oh, I had a great time. Thanks so much for having me, Ken. Well, Secrets of Success listeners, thank you, Cindy, for being on the show. And, you know, when we think about life, you are the only person responsible to take it to the next level, blaming, um, 
being in denial, whining, being a victim, none of those things will move us forward. So get clear, find out who you are. And as always, thank you for listening to The Secrets of Success, taking your valuable time. If you like what we're doing, pass it on, leave a positive comment in whatever platform you're listening on. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.